Mr. Matthews. You must call him Dr. Matthews now, her father said. Of course. He was a cousin on her father's side, who had stayed with them for a few months when he was a boy. He had the same serious expression she remembered as a child. Where is Dr. Firth? Dr. Firth is out of town, Edwin Matthews said, with careful articulation. Even at sixteen, he had sounded as if he were a master giving the lesson at school. Frances was standing on the floorboards by her father's chair, her back to the empty grate and her feet nudging against the edge of the carpet. The dark, polished oak was coarse on the soles of her feet, and she rubbed her big toe across the smooth butt of a nail. She was dressed inappropriately, and she shivered, too cold to be standing in the study in her nightdress. She had the feeling that she had interrupted a private conversation, and the silence of both men seemed to be an invitation for her to leave. Perhaps she ought to have been grateful to Edwin Matthews for coming out to see her father in the middle of the night, but she felt only frustration. It had been a long time since she had seen her father, and she wanted to talk to him properly, which meant alone. "'Well, now you're back,' she said. We will make sure you are well looked after. Francis, I am fine. Her father waved his hand, suddenly impatient. And you must go to bed. I am overworked, that is all, and I called for the doctor to give me something to help me sleep. She looked at him for a moment longer. He raised his glass as if to say, That's enough concern, leave me. But his hand tremored as he brought it to his lips. He hadn't mentioned a collapse. Perhaps Lotta was exaggerating. Either way, she wouldn't push him on the subject, not now. She bent down, kissed him again, and went upstairs. She paused on the landing outside her father's room. Lotta was turning down the bed covers. I would like a few words with the doctor once my father has gone to bed. Would you ask him to wait? The window in her bedroom gleamed pale and cold behind the curtains. She drew her shawl from the back of the chair, stepped behind the red damask folds, and stood looking into the street below. The rain had stopped. It was perfectly quiet. Too early yet for the butcher boys in their blue aprons. The lamp at the end of the street throbbed a dull yellow through the milky fog, and she watched a lamplighter appear out of the shining gloom, lean his ladder against the crosspiece and turn off the dial. The flame shrank to an orange ball, guttered, and went out. He paused, one hand on the post, and gazed along the street behind him, as if waiting for the city to stir itself and shake off sleep. The candle wax had sealed itself in a smooth, hard film over the back of her hand. When she flexed her palm, it cracked in shards onto the carpet, She trailed her fingers across the burnt skin to the soft inside of her wrist. Her pulse came in a quick restless beat, echoing the dull thud which knocked against her stomach. What if he was seriously ill? This was the terror that had kept her awake as a child, when his booming voice and unruffled calm had been the only thing to puncture the gloom and silence of the house after her mother had died. After a moment... She stepped out from behind the curtain and lit the lamp at the dressing table, illuminating an assortment of brushes and combs, bottles of perfume, scented oils 
and china powder boxes. She brushed out her hair until it became a crackling, fiery mass of copper curls, then dampened it with lavender water and wove it into a long plait. Her reflection looked back at her from the small mirror on the table. At nineteen years old, she had the sense that her life ought to be full of opportunity, but instead she felt as if she was suffocating. She shook her head slightly, running her hand over her plait, and saw in the reflection the two porcelain dolls her father had given her as a child, sitting on a chair by the bed. They stared back at her with glassy eyes, silence breathing from between their half-opened lips. There was a knock at the door. The doctor is waiting for you, miss. He had been shown into the morning room on the ground floor, and she found him standing at the window with his hat already in his hands, ready to leave.